0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of TechCast, the 429 Podcast. I'm 4. I'm 2. And I'm 9. And, uh, you know, we've got another exciting week of tech news for you. Uh, once again, remember to check us out in our socials at the 429 Podcast and all major social media platforms. You can also find us at um, the429podcast.com where you can see all of our episodes and tech casts and whatnot. Anyway, without further ado, let's get right into it.
1: So, to the news. really, it was
0: not all that eventful of a week, but there's a couple of
1: what you talking about interesting articles I'd like to go Girl, over here. There's one big thing we gotta go right away. All right, go ahead then. What is it? Take, Black take... Friday week. Black Friday week, baby. It's deals all around. Deals spectacular. We got deals from oh, Macy's. Yeah, Just forget nine. nine. Nine loves his
0: deals. <laughs> right, How about this, ready nine? What what is your biggest deal for the week? What was it?
1: Okay, okay. I got a top line. We got AirPods that are at 110. That was a great deal. We also got AirPods Pro 180. That was an amazing deal. Let's not forget wireless Xbox controllers. The new one. I'm talking about Series X and S for $40. That is a pack of a console that just came out. Most, a lot of Nintendo games were actually on sale for the first time in my life. I saw Switch games for as low as $30. I'm talking about top of line AAA games like Legend of Zelda and Luigi Mansion. Those uh, games are great. Uh, you,
0: you, you mean Ocarina of Time is $40 or $30?
1: Uh, no, uh, Link's Awakening, Link's the, Awakening the one okay. that, uh, the that one that just came out two years ago, Well, year no, last year actually, already $30. That's a hell of a deal, yeah. That is a pretty good deal, dang. I might have to deal. sneak in on one of those. I'm talking about great deals, allure. This year was pretty good, I will say. And there was one that I missed out last week. Uh, they had a 4K TV series for uh, TCL for $150. I'm talking about 4K TV for with HDR for only $150. You just what size? Uh, 55 inches. Oh, God damn. Wow. That was That's a great a deal. deal. It sold out in one minute. Couldn't get it.
0: Yeah, you got to watch out though, right? Like a lot of those big TV deals are not as good as they seem. Like I know we used to get TVs in and like they're like holiday special editions and like really they're just like garbage. I mean, they're.
1: I mean, it's a TCL TV. So it's not like it's going to blow over Samsung's competition in one afternoon. But for mm-hmm. right. that price alone, $150, I you mean. Can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong. It's so cheap that it literally, it's like, why the hell not? That's why everyone bought it. Like, yeah, that's better than the Super Bowl deals I tell you guys every year that are always really good. So yeah, I, Black Friday. I always say this every time for everyone listening. If you want to get one tip out of this? If you're looking for a TV, wait for Black Friday. That's really where all the best TV deals are. Is Black Friday. You know, what's funny about Black Friday too
0: is like, at least more recently, most Black Friday deals last for like the entire week before and after Black Friday. It's like oh yeah, it's like yeah, Black Friday honestly. like month really
1: really much the black friday deals pretty much start now every year it gets earlier and earlier just like christmas um uh, this week this year actually started pretty early uh, i think part of it due to the pandemic and part of it now there's a big emphasis online where it used to be kind of some on physical store busters mm-hmm. now most of it's online i saw a lot of black friday deals starting in, like beginning of november no joke of course all the some of the good ones were this week but still a lot of good ones like the tv one i said that was last week that wasn't even this week um, so a lot of good deals and of course we still got Cyber Monday. So You, you know, know, I'm just,
0: a little upset that uh you know, a lot of your computing and PC hardware is all out of stock right now and you can't get any of it.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, at your graphics
0: cards, I'm looking I'm at you just, certain motherboards.
1: The, the demand's pretty high, supply is pretty low. I mean, you can also say the same thing about the new console games, mm-hmm. uh PS5, Xbox Series X. Those things have been actually dropping, but unlike the the graphics cards, they actually been getting in stock every, yeah. you know, I haven't seen one three seventy get in stock yet. Um uh, so 70, there, 30,
0: 80, 30 90. They're nowhere to no. be found. They're nowhere no. in sight unless you're willing to spend, they never twice, existed. Unless you're willing to spend twice what they're worth. You know, like you're just not
1: getting one. Ah, uh, whatever. But that's black Friday. Great deals. Allure. You know, sad so my holidays ending. I pretty much have nothing else mm-hmm. to look forward to. There's some holiday called Christmas that some people look forward to, <laughs> um, but uh, not really my cup of tea. You know, too festive, too hot. Yeah. So,
0: also, hope you guys all had a very good Thanksgiving for our you know U.S. based listeners. Oh yes, I, I forgot that existed. <laughs> really enjoyable holidays. So hope you did as well. It
1: anyway, was a good
0: week. Let's uh, let's get right into some news here. So. This is not going to come as a surprise to any of you guys, but another Facebook fine for what, sharing user data without consent. So South Again? Korea, South Korea has fined Facebook. Um, let's see. It's $6.1 million. That's about 6.7 billion won for sharing their user information without consent. And this is actually a long ongoing lawsuit where, There's about 3.3 million South Korean users out of like 18 million total users that are involved, but the rest of them aren't based in South Korea. Um, You know, this is ongoing from 2012 to 2018. So this is like ongoing for a while. And originally it started with um, the Korea Communications Commission and then they kind of led it off to the PIPC, which is the Personal Information Protection Commission. Uh, It's Uh one of South Korea's privacy like auditing bodies, I guess and okay cool i mean just no surprise right facebook sharing more data without consent i mean this just seems like it happens over and over and over again they continually get these fines and it just keeps happening
2: hey hey, guess what guess what's gonna happen what nothing
0: of course nothing will happen literally nothing nothing
2: what? will change nothing same well,
1: shit. no over, and over again no no, it's going to hurt them a little bit. Well, here's here's the question, right? <laughs>
0: How much did they benefit from this versus the 6.1 million dollar fine that they got hit with? I mean, if they benefited like a hundred million dollars and they're only getting fined six million, of course they're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, right? Like, where is like what's what did they gain versus what did they
1: lose? That's, That's like, what the problem. Really, be looking at the problem is that when you're dealing with information, it's hard to say with a significant ounce of credibility that what they gain because information itself. It's so hard to wow. value. Then they should just property. hit him with a massive,
0: massive fine for violating things like that. Bankrupt <laughs> them. <laughs> right? You just got to make the fines and penalties so harsh that they won't even think about doing it.
1: Yeah, pretty much that's the only thing. I mean, it, to be honest... It where it hurts, Mark. Ask, ask for some equity real quick. To be honest, to be honest, I mean, like, for most companies, this would be a big fine, but we're talking about Facebook, so they're going to have to up the ante a little bit more. Right, and
0: let's think about this, too. Like, when you think about, like, you know, trading and the penalties for, like, Insider trading, like you're getting jail time for that. Like, there's no th- you know, these are big penalties. So, like, how can you, you know, share data without consent and break all of these privacy rules and regulations and just get oops $6.1 million fine on a hundred, hundred, you know, hundreds of billions dollars worth of uh companies? It just doesn't make sense. You're asking
2: how you're asking how just, you know, just shoot Mark an email real quick. Be like, hey, you did it again. Why? I
1: did. Sorry, sorry, what happened again? <laughs> exactly. Blah, 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 blah. My bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean you good. guys
0: you guys you guys know my opinion on all this. I'm very into cyber. I like privacy and you know, I just wish that they had better controls for making sure that, you know, companies do right by the data they're collecting.
1: But oh, definitely. I also agree with you with that. But um you know, some things just don't change unless, you know, strict action is taken. What do things. you
0: guys think it would take to get this really locked down and to stop?
2: Look, you gotta hit you gotta hit it. It. that's where it hurts. Right, if they break a data privacy law, they break anything. I think it should be a personal consequence on, you know, Facebook's equity or Apple's equity or Apple. I mean, Apple never really does it, but like Facebook's equity or Google's equity or something like that. Like you need to hit these corporations where it hurts, and where it hurts is their wallets mm-hmm. and their equity stakes. Yep. If their equity stakes start to transfer over more and more, I don't know to the public markets or to the government. I don't know what it may be. Right. I don't know where those where that money would go, but. Once you start affecting the equity stakes, and that's targeting the personal, you know, wealth in a way of those CEOs and those big founders, then you got their attention. But until that happens, you don't really have their attention. Yeah,
1: true. I think also jail time would be not a bad idea too. Like you mentioned earlier, like nothing really scares these people. straight with like a little bit of jail time.
2: Yeah, well, can All we time. can we at least get the Equifax guys in jail? Like, come on, bro. Like, seriously, I mean, you I a number still um, out there.
1: I mean, we start we start somewhere, we start somewhere, and like we said, we can't make these changes until, you know, proper, uh, proper cases are handled properly like this one, of course. So, yeah. So, Definitely. never. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yep. Anyway, another very cool article coming out this week. So, this is a little bit different, but a Japanese spacecraft carrying asteroid soil samples is on its way home right now. So Ooh, this is a Japanese. It's a very it's a, so it's the Hay- Hayabusa two spacecraft. Uh, it left for I like
2: your I see you've been practicing your Japanese. It left for <laughs>
0: asteroid Ryugu, and that's about 180 million miles away, and about a it left about a year ago, and it's expected to reach Earth and drop a capsule containing the precious samples in southern Australia on December sixth. So, I mean, they're hoping to kind of get these soil samples and see like what kind of elements does the asteroid contain you know, like, what's up there, and, you know, maybe we'll be able spoiler, to tell. Spoiler alert, it's
1: gonna have carbon.
0: Probably. I wouldn't, I wouldn't... Is this the
1: same asteroid that was, like, worth, like, more than the economy, Are we talking about... Uh, I don't know if that's the same asteroid, but I don't think so. I, I can see why if it's that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, they're... Then- obviously, they're hoping to kind of just get an idea about, like, what kind of are the makeups of our universe, right? Like, what would be, like, what's, like, the, what are the very bare-bones... Things that our entire
1: solar system was made out of, right? So I, I don't, I'm a, I'm a kind of a betting man, but I want to say carbon. I, I just said that. Yeah. yeah. But I said, it first. and like one, one of me. the
0: uh, big scientists, this is a quote from him. He goes, we are hoping to find clues to the origin of life on earth by analyzing details of the organic materials brought back. So who knows? Maybe they'll find that carbon and they'll be able to put some, you know, clues together in terms of why does it Car- have
1: life? Guys, we discover carbon. <gasps> and they all scream. So and everyone somebody. else
0: feels, cool. oh. What do you guys think about all Again? these space exploration things that have been going on? I feel like that's kind of a hot topic recently, especially like SpaceX and you know I know I NASA
1: has been back at it. I think it's long overdue. I always thought like by this time it would have been like literally. I on thought Mars.
2: we would have been on Mars by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: like I thought, or at least like have like a actual permanent base in like the moon. Like, something like that. That would have be been, like, something cool. I, I mean, like- have, you
2: guys seen, have you guys seen Xenon, that moon movie? I kind of don't want that to happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, come on. Moon people? What are they, they going to do? Throw cheese at us? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only way to find out. The we go to cheese, the moon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we go to the moon, and we suffer through it. Nothing. We can't. We, the part about exploration, too, is about the dangers, too. We just can't stop because we think of potential danger. We got to go all the way. Yeah. I think there should be more of it. Plus we have already saw that there there's economic interest in it too, with that big old Astro. So I see a lot of more explorations in the future.
0: Mm. Yep. I agree. I, I would love to see some people on Mars, like moon I know, people. I kind of love space exploration and like, that would be like, if I had to if right now, if I had to make a career change, I would go probably like to move into like, um, Aerospace, like aerospace engineering, and like literally rocket science. Like that's another field that is like super interesting to me.
1: I have a buddy trying to go into that. It's real interesting stuff, and I and high bright future for that field. I think
0: absolutely. Yeah. All
1: right. Anyway, anyway, we have another kind of futuristic topic. There's a whole bunch of futury topics I was finding this week. I, thought I love really it. Cool. I love it. Well, maybe we should be well, this week is the week of being thankful for what we have. So why not look into the future with that in mind? Absolutely. So this is a a kind of a research
0: effort that the US army is now funding. So, the US army is now researching telepathy, it's like brain signal communications and whatnot. So, the US uh, Army Research Office, they put about 6.25 million dollars in funding for the next 5 years in this what they call <coughs> moonshot research, which you know essentially means that like you're really reaching for the sky for this like the odds of it actually yielding anything are low. But in the event that it does yield something, It'll be well worth the couple million dollars they're putting towards it.
1: Um, moonshot, so... moon, moonshine, or moon. Moonshot, moonshot, moonshot. Moonshot. Okay. Yeah, well, so it's like sorry. Google's. It's like could uh, have been very like, Could been a very different experiment. Yeah. It's or
2: like what? Google. It's like Google's X, right? Like mm. how it's a moonshot type of experiment. And, and, and the, the main the
0: main basis of this research is they're going to be trying to use some algorithms and like mathematics to kind of separate brain signals. So they want to separate ones that are kind of useless and not don't matter to us. From ones that are what they call influencer and uh, influence action or behavior signals. So if they're able to kind of separate the brain signals out and detect what is what, and then you know, kind of decode it, that would be kind of like it's the goal of this five-year project. And in the event that they're able to get any of that done, you know, the next steps would be to actually create some type of brain interface where they can not only you know get data in or get data out, but also feed data in. Um, so that's kind of that's well, like I said, that's another really interesting moonshot type type effort but dope I think what do you guys
1: think I mean I kind of have a personal interest in this just because I don't know if I ever told you guys but my high school research was about analyzing and uh, in- intercepting brain signals mm-hmm.
2: interesting so, I didn't know that
1: yeah really fascinating stuff um, and there's a lot of things we don't know ironically enough you would think you know that one of our most important organs the brain there's just a lot of things we don't know about oh, it yeah. as I was looking into and I noticed my particular research was based on the fact of how music can create certain signals and I noticed like certain types of genres invoke very different signals Mm -hmm. and I try to analyze the common canali or you know uh, you know basically pattern to why these things happen and there's definitely something there of course I was very limited with like high school budget so not much I could have done but very fascinating stuff, very cool stuff, um, and I honestly think that, you know, this is definitely a, a moonshot kind of thing, but who knows? If, if, I, if anything, it wouldn't reveal its primary objective, but I think it will reveal some sort of objective or goal that we wouldn't even think about that would be highly useful.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's a definitely
0: a valid point. We'll see. All right. Anyway, on to another big tech company-related article. Let's move on to Apple here.
1: Oh, so I mean, everyone's aware
0: that there's a lot of trade and tensions and stuff going on between the U.S. and China right now, and Apple kind of wants to, I think, escape from some of those tensions. So they're kind of, I think, set to be moving some of their production and um, factory work into Vietnam now. So I think what they want to do is diversify their portfolio a little bit, so that way, in the event that You know the trade relations with US and China get worse going forward. They're less Mm -hmm. reliant on China. So I think this is definitely a good thing. I I, I like to see them have kind of diverse factories and it protects not only their interests, but they're worth a lot of the, the stock market in the United States right now. So their interests kind of roll back into the global interests of the country as well. So what do you guys think about that?
1: I mean, even set aside the political issues evolving this situation right I always think I mean this pandemic has taught us one thing that having one main source for our manufacturing isn't such a security uh, is a a security fault you know you know Mm -hmm. so even aside the political tensions between the two right it's just a great idea to just have more locations, more manufacturing diversify that in case of another pandemic in case of another Problematic geography, like you know, China might hit like an earthquake or China might have a natural disaster on their hands, and mm-hmm. that and only will cripple them, but will cripple the rest of the world. It's just a good idea just to, to diversify that. You know, the first, just same thing as the whole same reason where you want to diversify your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Same reason here, just don't put all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely. Type of thing. So I think it's a good idea, I think it's a good way to look forward to it. Too, what about you? It's
2: interesting, right? I talked to Nine about this earlier, and it was just like, it's interesting that they bring it up because, like, it could really be a whole damper to their competition, right? Yep. So it's like, if you're seeing it from a competitive standpoint, from a business standpoint, it's a smart move, my Apple, because you could really limit, like, their competitors and what their competitors could do. But at the same time, you already have the resources to go and move everything yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and what comes out of this, but it's uh, definitely something to keep track of
1: moving forward. You know, one thing I also remember is that this might actually help with leaks, Uh, A lot of the leaks actually happen because of the Chinese manufacturing. Yeah. And, you know, it might not totally prevent leaks. You know, we're always going to have leakers in the thing, but it would totally put a huge damper in the whole leak inside. Usually the reason these leaks happen is because there are these well-established leak uh, businesses in China that kind of know how to, like, get around their restrictions and stuff like that. But if you move the whole manufacturing process to a new country sure maybe down the line they're gonna they're gonna rebuild that kind of side business but it's gonna take years for them to yep. kind of get that business up and running again that whole black market thing going up again yeah. so it's definitely gonna you know help uh apple with that case too and they have a lot of leaks they're one of the biggest leak companies i think Absolutely. Yeah. all right
0: anyway on to another topic here now this yeah. one was really interesting to me um So there's actually a zero-day vulnerability that was recently found in Windows 7 and Windows Server 2008. Oh my God, my least favorite one. And this is actually a a pretty big zero-day. So essentially, the way this would work is hackers are essentially taking over and taking advantage of your like Windows monitoring services. So the same services that allow for like monitoring to happen on your processes, they can like load these DLLs, and the DLLs Mm -hmm. essentially like have code in them that run with certain permissions and privileges, Um, but usually they're restricted and they're loaded with limited privileges. But with this zero-day vulnerability, essentially it allows hackers to load custom DLLs that will run with system-level vulnerabilities, or I'm sorry, with system-level privileges, which is obviously massively not good. So, I mean, they really would have pretty much full access to your entire computer. They could do literally whatever they want anything they want it's theirs at that point so
1: to put it in layman terms for anyone who's listening this is pretty much like giving the keys uh to your car uh or just giving the deed to your house just complete total control yep so yeah, yeah, this, it was uh i mean i'm thankful <laughs> that i
0: haven't been on windows 7 for probably almost two years at this point and does this affect windows 8 too you said no, windows it's 8? windows server 2008
1: Ah, uh, okay, okay. I and don't think know, I
0: ever. This is big I because I know a lot of your like corporations and enterprises are still running Windows Seven. A lot of places yeah. are.
1: You of know, yeah. are. Some
0: well, places still run Windows XP. 7. So.
2: Well. Not just Windows 7, but, like, the Windows Server is what's really worrying me because a lot of educational institutions run that, right? Yep. Like, yeah. we saw it firsthand at our university. Like, Windows Server was kind of just the first, like, go-to for that, right?
1: Absolutely. So I'm wondering, yeah.
2: you know, does it affect just Windows Server 2008 or does it also go into, like, their other platforms, like SQL Server, 08 or stuff like that as yeah, well? I mean, that's I a
1: good know about that. I mean, especially with the server-side Windows uh, OSs, those things never get updated because, mm. you know, they're not supposed to are kind of, like, built to last, especially, and they're they're built to be very minimum overhead from user mm-hmm. Xbox. So usually, they just install, they run, no one really touches it until there's an issue, right? So, we, we can very potentially have high probability of, of many enterprise systems running on Windows 2008 yeah. easily. So, it's a big thing. Yep.
0: Anyway, on to the next one here. Um, You know, let's go, kind of, we only have about mm, eight minutes left here, almost about nine minutes, eight minutes left, so let's jump into two of our Larger articles
1: here. So Mm -hmm. we have
0: two Amazon related articles. One of them is kind of small. The next one is the big one we want to talk about for the week.
2: Of course. Of course, there's Amazon. Amazon, for those
0: of you who don't know, had a major outage this week. So a lot of their Eastern AWS. What happened?
1: (laughs) That's the small one? the small one, yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh. So they had a major outage. It affected services like Roku and Adobe and shipped, um I believe they do like... And your Most smart
2: free. TVs and your yeah. smart fridges. There they they were like, there, there was like hundreds of,
0: of services yeah. and applications that were down this week because I wanted to say it was AWS's east region had a massive outage. That's where the outage pretty much happened. And, you know, a lot of your companies and services are doing stuff in their eastern region on AWS, so... And it was funny because if you, like, scroll through, like, Twitter, for example, a lot of companies were, were getting, like, kind of shade for this. Like, someone was going at Roku and was like, we'd appreciate more PR. And then Roku's, like, shifting blame to Amazon. And then, like, someone was going at Shipped and they were, like, seeing a lot of canned responses blaming third parties. And then shipped is like, listen, like, it's an AWS outage. Like, there's nothing we can do. And it's kind of funny because it just goes to show you how, like, a lot of the users, I don't think, completely understand like the infrastructure of these companies and how, you know, all of your major services, or at least a lot of them are reliant on Amazon web services or Google cloud platform or Microsoft this year.
2: Right? Yeah. And that makes you, that makes you really wonder this thing because from like a business perspective and like a reputational perspective, yep. right. <clears throat> at the end of the day, the reputation for Amazon really wasn't affected by this Mm-mm. because they're just a provider. They're just doing whatever they want to do, but <clears throat> all the services, that are running on these AWS systems and everything, right, have just gotten a major reputational impact of being unreliable now Mm -hmm. when it wasn't even their fault, right, because they were relying on a service that literally has never gone down before, right? So it's a very interesting standpoint here.
0: Absolutely. nine. what do you think?
1: I think it's really interesting. I think it's pretty much kind of like very similar ways of like, what I said earlier about the manufacturing Right. Yep. A lot of people blame, like, if there's a shipping issue, Amazon or Best Buy or all these, like, Apple, right? But the problem can be very root, like, you know, Chinese manufacturing or some sort of uh, offshore manufacturing. But of course, you're not going to blame those factors. You're going to blame the services, you know, Apple, mm-hmm. Best Buy, something like that. So I think a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> the various of steps that need to be taken to get your product to your home, right? And it's so quickly to point. Hey Roku. Hey, um, I know the one that was big, Roomba. A lot of people were complaining about Roomba. Hey Roomba, your app's not working. Uh, we're sorry, it's AOS. I don't care. Your app's not working. What's going on, Roomba? My, my, my little vacuum thing's not doing its spins. Um, stuff like that. I think. Uh, I, I and to be fair, um, this kind of goes against what I said earlier. How like we have a lot of dependency on one server. Is that a good thing? I mean, this is only it happens rarely like like she said earlier like this is and usually never goes down but look how much chaos it causes from just Mm -hmm. one source. you know like a lot of things went down things you never thought will go down like spark i wouldn't think adobe spark will go down absolutely but it did so like it it goes to show like maybe our infrastructure isn't as secure or uh stable as we think it is
0: who knows yeah and this goes back to like I want to say it was last week or two weeks ago. remember when YouTube had that major outage also and, like, a ton of other sites were down too. Like, we've been seeing a lot of outages recently. And maybe, like, maybe that's because more people are using the internet now than they ever have before.
1: Hard to say. I mean, I I haven't heard any groups. Usually when there's outages with malicious intent behind it, usually you see one group kind of come up front and claim responsibility for it because they're trying to send a message. But I haven't seen any group say that. So I think these are actually cases of, like you say... Especially if you think about it, now they're happening now. I think it's mostly because a lot of people are home now, people with their families. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, starting to take breaks and vacation. You know, it's like Thanksgiving, we just talked about. And, you know, I, if if trends continue, I expect more outages Christmas week. Yeah. Um, just all I can say, you know, so download, get some offline access, Very do fun. whatever you can. All right.
0: Anyway, we've got two big articles left. Let's jump right into this Amazon one, uh, the big Amazon article here. Cool, so, okay, okay. there's a lot of controversy going on right now with this. So, Amazon is set to release this feature called Sidewalk um, to their Alexa devices. And uh, I
1: heard essentially <laughs> what this
0: is going to do is it's going to turn your Amazon devices into Wi-Fi networks for the neighborhood that anyone that's walking by will be able to connect to. And here's the key. You have to opt out of it. So, this will be enabled by default. So... Now you have some random dude outside your network connected to your Amazon Alexa device with kind of no real bounce. Now he's using your internet, your internet through your service provider, and you're paying for it, and he's getting it for free now. This is essentially like forcing you to share your Wi-Fi with other people. And I mean, just just, just from a moral standpoint, you know, you have Amazon now trying to tell you how to spend your money. Which is not good because now they're literally in your pocket saying, hey, we're using your internet connection that you pay for to give someone else internet. Which is just morally wrong to begin with. But two, all of these privacy issues as well. Right? Like what happens if there's a zero day that lets someone kind of tunnel their way through the Alexa device and into your main network now? Now you might have some random guy from the street on your main network able to access all of your, you know, internal computers and your IP cameras. Maybe see inside your house. Listen on your baby monitors.
1: Like, it's freaky. It already it's happened. freaky it already, stuff. It already happened. It's already happened. So, it's not, it's not... Wait, so happening. can you
0: explain? So, Sidewalk is basically doing what exactly? It's taking your Amazon Alexa device and making it into, like, optimum Wi-Fi, pretty much, where, like, anyone can just connect to it and use it freely. So, so, so you that know how you uh, Yeah, I think it is. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's really really it is. If you're launching it as a public... Teacher, they probably went
1: through the legal hurdles. And you the have to visit. opt out of it. Is
0: the key. It's it's automatically opted in, so you have to opt out of it if you don't want that to happen on your Alexa devices. And this is yeah, exactly so why I'll never own one the of past. these.
2: Yeah. See, we talked about this stuff in the past, right? It, these features should always be an opt in, never an opt out, right? It should know. never have to be a opt out feature. It should always right. be an opt in feature. I don't know I'm why they would
0: opt into that. I don't know anyone that would opt
1: into that. Exactly, which is the point. They they're trying. You to... why? Exactly, yeah, that's the point. Like... You know, I I, thought, I heard about this, right? And I'm glad you mentioned this, because this is a big privacy thing, and I, I can already see this going over a lot of people's heads, being like, oh, it's a feature. It's, it's, it's going to help me, right? And a lot of people don't understand what this really means, and then I read online that someone had a really good analogy for this, right? Picture this, right? You have two pools. One has a fence, so a electric mm-hmm. fence around it, and the other one has a sign, right? It just says, don't go in the pool, Right? It's a malicious user he wants to poison the pool water. If you poison the one that has a sign, that really protection, that's fine. You're the one with the security electric fence, it's not gonna get affected. But what this this is doing, now imagine those same pools, one with electric fence, one with the sign, but they're connected through a tube underneath. Mm-hmm. Right? That's pretty much the difference now. So if it poisons the the water the the pool with the sign, which is easy access because it's just a sign saying don't don't go in the pool. Yep. it now contaminates your uh, your highly secured pool water with the lecture fence
0: yep you know that's or how the- about this how about this right I think, I think this I think this is another good analogy right instead of it being a tube how about they use the same filter system the filter system should filter the poison so the one that's protected should remain protected but what if the filter system fails and that's exactly, exactly. what happened what if Amazon's security features do not work or someone breaks them now you're exactly. poisoning the other side. Like it's it just just shouldn't happen. That that they should not share a filter system. Those that tube shouldn't exist. Someone on the outside should never have any opportunity to access the inside. And I mean Amazon's taking massive risks here, which I don't even know why they'd want to do that. Like think about this. If someone uses that now to break into your network and steal data from you internally, I think Amazon's liable for that. They're gonna end up with massive class action lawsuits in that event in that case. Well, here's the thing. What do they gain by sidewalk? They have nothing
2: to gain. Well, well, see, they're not liable because, like you said, it's opt-in or opt-out. So people would have to opt-out for them to not get involved in this. Amazon has really put the control in the user, but inadvertently has already opted everyone Mm -hmm. in. So it's kind of a...
0: I don't think so. When you automatically opt somebody in, you're liable for that. If if, if Alexa's services break and someone's able to tunnel from their outside sidewalk onto your main Mm -hmm. network... And they steal your data through the Amazon Alexa feature that they opted you into automatically. I think. I think, I think it really depends. I think it really depends.
1: I think it really depends. I can see in European courts being like, "This is too. This is too much. You should have. You should have made it the fully an opt out, uh, an opt in feature instead of an opt out feature, right? And because of that, you are liable for the damages." But I can also see this in USA courts being like, "Well, you gave the user a choice, so I guess it's good enough yeah. mm-hmm. and getting passed easily." Anyway, so it, really I see depends, it really depends how where hard politicians want to yeah. go through this, pretty much. The way
2: I see it, this affects Amazon, you know, based uh, products. I do not own any Amazon-based products besides Prime. That's right. So, I do. I We refuse be to, to get any hardware
1: based based mm-hmm. base on Amazon right now because I know they're going this route, and this just proves, it just confirms my suspicions that yeah. they're definitely on that own. It's not even through. they can even argue. It's not even that they can even argue that the benefits of this feature is even worth it. I mean, like, what is it really even offering? I still don't understand what the real benefit. Well, of this what it
2: eventually what it offers is you know mesh Wi-Fi networks for neighborhoods, and so you can actually do a lot more with mesh Wi-Fi
1: networks. Yeah, than but you can with
2: traditional well, networks. But I,
1: again, but like me as an individual who has a private network right and has enough i always account for having enough network for my devices, my home so mm-hmm. like well now like, you're
2: doing a public
1: service and making sure everyone else can oh, they, they should, they should improve their they should improve their wi-fi coverage it's not my it's not my responsibility to cover them for their houses so again well now I it sp- is no like i said as an individual user, how does this benefit me, who already has really good Wi-Fi coverage? And well, don't you have an Alexa? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, then you're fine. You have Google okay, Home. Well. What if they're next? Will you get rid of your home? I already, I already plugged it up. I already unplugged it. <laughs> he goes, it's already unplugged. <laughs> it's I to use anything. It's sad right. that the only privacy concern one is Siri, and it's the worst of them all. We've
0: got we've got one more article, yeah, like one you. more large article. I want to get to quick. We're already over time oh, a little okay. bit, so let's get through this all quick. Well, let's go, let's go, let's go. So General Motors, GM, is now contemplating selling car insurance. Hey, what? GM is probably going to be entering the car insurance market. So here's, here's, here's how it would work. All of their new cars are smart connected with OnStar. And the way that yeah. this is kind of like marketed to work is they will be using your driving data through the OnStar system to automatically calculate and determine your driving habits, your risk ratings, and then give you a price based off of how you drive.
1: Now, this
0: is interesting. It's almost like that. Like, remember, it was like progressive. Put the safe drive monitor in your car or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's
1: the first thing I had to my head. Yeah. The whole so yeah. I think it's
0: similar to that, except it's like already connected. There's no added steps. And like, I mean, I think if you're a good driver and don't mind them kind of like watching you drive, essentially, like, you could probably save some money that way. But here's where I see the problem arising with this. And this is kind of where my issue is from a privacy standpoint is, okay, it's one thing if you opt into it and you say, okay, you can watch me. I'll give you my insurance information. Now, what happens if GM just decides that they're going to collect it and then share that with the other insurance companies for a price? Could They probably will. Could, could, we, could we stop them? Is that outside of no. my privacy like i mean no. personally i'd probably just disconnect the computer system in my car i'd probably just find a yeah, but- 4g antenna whatever they're using and just remove that but like that's me
2: but- <laughs> yeah but like like we've seen in the past like we've seen in the past you know uh for it's it's kind of hard to do it's uh you're now you get we've entered the realm of right to repair and all this stuff mm-hmm. where you could you may remove that 4g antenna go for it now how are you going to start up your car GM's going to be like, oh, you can't start your car unless that thing's connected, right? Like, we've entered into this weird market where we're slowly losing control of products we're buying and how the the control is still staying with the corporations at the end of the day. And that's been like really, you know, a pain in the ass lately, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll see what what really comes out of this. But you're completely right. And do I trust GM and even preserving that data? hell no they're probably using windows 2008 server and i could probably patch into it right now <laughs> but it's, it's th- this is like the realm we've really come to right yep. data privacy as we see it is it's hard and it's and it's supposed to be maintained with the user so honestly the best thing you can do for data privacy is just be mindful of who you're giving information to but my main question here is that if i opt out of whatever, GM offering me this insurance, right? Mm-hmm. And I buy a Chevy, whatever it is, right? And that's owned by GM. Uh, so what What happens? Like, are they still collecting my driving habits and my driving information See, giving it to my insurance company? I, I don't know. This, like, is, this is what worries what, me. Like, what's going on here, right? Like, this was like the whole COVID, vaccine, COVID detection thing we talked about with Amazon, right? Like, they can actually embed that in a, Alexa and you coughing right? We'll let them know that, hey, you got COVID, right? Like, great. That's great. But who's that information shared to, right? Like it's, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. You know, on this. I've
0: seen, I've seen some cases like, uh, for example, we had, we, we had a friend from we used to go to school with and he kind of like modded his cars and whatnot. And he was telling me how he wanted to replace the computer system on his car because he wanted to upgrade it. And he could not reliably do that without his car, not being able to pass an inspection without if he was to replace that computer with a custom one, the car would no longer pass inspection. So he could not do that. And I think mm-hmm. to me, that is absolutely egregious. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. You yeah. Know, you, you require see, like, the a, standard car thing. computer to pass inspection. It just doesn't make uh, that, sense. I,
1: I, I think this goes back to the whole Apple argument has done before. Once you start adding custom components, they can't reliably, uh, they use a defense. They can't reliably ensure the, the satisfaction or safety of the product. And thus, it starts to get a huge headache when you want to, like, claim insurance or claim any warranty on the car or anything. Because it would be like, hey, you know, you changed it. So, it really – it has to be, like, a clear-cut thing. Like, if you want to do that, go ahead. But you avoid every warranty, any help you know, from no, us. Well, we we we're talking
0: about – in this case, this is, like, a 15-year-old car. There's no warranty to be had. There's nothing there. It's all on him at that point.
1: I guess I can also argue that – uh, in what's it called? Insurance companies who, you know, insure him also – don't want to get into the headache of like, well, what if the computer aided in the uh, aided in the crash, or if he has or some shit? Or, you know, you know how insurance companies are. They of course, they want yeah. to be insured. So that's still going to be their defense. Is it, a, is it like a legal defense? Is it a proper defense? I don't know. I don't really understand. Well, hold up. Now,
0: we're talking about two different things, all right? Your car inspection doesn't really have all that much to do with your insurance. Like, they're kind I think of things. Your, your car inspection is government regulated. You just have to get it inspected to ensure safety standards.
1: True, but you can't
0: standards are met Who you can't get an, computers in the car
1: true but you can't get an insurance with uh without a, a proper inspection cleared through and i I highly doubt you know how with especially the the way things work out I highly doubt these companies are not have some sort of influence or lobbying how these car inspections regulations are of being course, set yeah. so that's what i'm saying there's there's definitely a sphere of influence going on and they definitely probably at one point expected that everything has to be standard so we know what's going on you know, mm-hmm.
0: that's what I'm saying. So there's some attachment behind that. All right, two. Real quick, give us your, give us a couple sentences, and let's wrap up.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really shitty thing. I think we've really entered. You know, I think Apple was the first to start it, but now that they've seen Apple's proof of concept. I think every major corporation, whether it's Google, Apple, Amazon, GM, whatever it may be, right? I think, I think Tesla we're gonna scares to see. me the
0: most out of all of them because they have so much control. Tesla's a cars. great example.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tesla's a great example, right? Like everything I think we're going to be starting to buy as consumers in the future is going to slowly be—you could think of it as like a rental agreement, Yep. where we own it, we own the box or product or
1: whatever it may be. But
2: all the control of that product is still in the hands of the corporation. At the end of
1: the day, right? Of course, so, and it, it hits us harder than you think. I mean, just look at any day, everyday product, any streaming service you have, and even games, digitally service of that that caliber, you don't really own it. You're you're how mm-hmm. your you computers? Own. I mean, look at your computers, right?
2: Unless you're on a Linux Ubuntu where you can really control things yourself, yeah. and even then, you still upgrade it, right? like all you you you're just you're, to succumb to all the mac updates if you have a mac or all the windows updates if you have a windows if you want to run those applications and stuff like that right yep. so it's Very you know true. it's a really shitty situation and a really really bad road i think we're going to be walking towards but um we're yep. going to we're going to have to see what happens here oh. i think i think you know knowing a capitalist economy i think we will see other products come about that give
1: you your free control back
2: yep i agree but I don't know it's how long up, or when that will actually
1: be. It's going to be an uphill battle for those companies. Mm-hmm. I
2: agree. Anyway, guys, this
0: has been TechCast number 18 with the 429 Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank uh, you, guys. hope you will tune in next week and you know enjoy the rest of your Black Friday shopping. And Take care, guys. And start of the Christmas season and holiday season. Yeah. I already, I already put up
1: a tree. It's all, it's all coming all together.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Catch you soon. Okay. Take all care, right. guys. Bye-bye.